Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to experience a life-given message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith together. Y'all, it's the last message of our series, Stop. So we got to make sure we go out all the way up. Somebody say, we're going all the way up. Let's say it together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we thank you tonight for the word. We thank you that we're going to end this series with strength and with power. Father, I take authority over this atmosphere right now. And I pray, God, that this atmosphere would shift to an atmosphere of celebration and jubilation on campus and online. Why? Father, we believe our next 12 months are going to be our best 12 months of life yet. And for that, God, we owe you praise and worship. Father, not just because of what you're about to do, but God, we thank you for what you are currently doing. You are working right now. 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 You are doing things right now. You're turning things for our favor right now. You're opening doors right now. You are making things happen right now. And Father, we thank you for what you've already done. Father, you have shown yourself to be strong. You have proven yourself to be mighty. You have proven yourself to be powerful. And we thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Release a praise right there, Wednesday. Go. Hallelujah. 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 Let's go to work. Grab a seat. Our series has been called Stop. What are we doing? We're learning what you must stop so that God can start. And on Sunday's message, it was called Stop Missing the Feast of the Lord. And we learned this from Job 22 and 28. You will also decide and decree a thing. Somebody say it can be anything. 
It'd be a sad thing for you to have access to everything but get nothing because you won't say something. I'll say it again. It'd be a sad life for you to have access to everything and get nothing because you won't say something. The Bible says you shall decide a thing, which means there are certain things that God says I haven't supported you in. Because the truth is you really haven't made the decision yet. See, you haven't decided to not have a dysfunctional relationship, which is why you haven't gotten out of that dysfunctional relationship yet. You haven't decided to get out of debt yet. That's why you've not gotten out of debt. You've not made a decision. And for some of you, before this month of March is out, you got 24 more hours, basically. There are some decisions you need to make. Why? I'm not carrying this into the second quarter of 2022. It maybe was in the first quarter, but baby, it's not coming into the second quarter. Open your mouth and say, I make some decisions. I you got to make decisions that you're not going to live on prescription medicine. You got to make decisions you're not going to live in your past. You got to make decisions you're not going to live holding grudges. You got to make decisions you're not going to be unfaithful to God. If you in this building don't open up your mouth and online say, I've got to make a decision. I it says you should decide a thing and then after you decide it, watch me. You decree it. You got to make an announcement. I feel like Mr. Clark from Lean On Me. And some of y'all, based on your facial expressions, need a Mr. Clark in your life. Because you're so used to people pussyfooting around with you and playing cookies and cornflakes with you that you think this is a game. You think that this is just something that if you mess it up, you'll get a second chance. Can I help you? This is it. You don't get a second chance if you mess it up in this life. This is not the dress rehearsal. This is the game. And here's what I'm excited about. The rest of your life is about to be the best of your life. This is not a game. This is not a joke. This is not something we play with. Hear me. The Bible says you shall decide a thing and then you shall decree a thing. To decree a thing is not to talk about it. It means I'm announcing the decision that I've made. Why? Because after I decide, I've got to announce what I've decided. Watch me. And then I need to prepare for my announcement to be attacked. I need to prepare for my announcement to be attacked. Have you ever noticed that until you decided some things and until you um, uh, announced your decision regarding some things, you dealt with no warfare? Why? That's because the enemy didn't know what you were going to do. But once you decide and decree, then you got to be ready for the attack. Why? Because he wants to see if you were really serious about what you decided. He wants to see if you were really serious about what you announced. But I'm excited. Why? That you're not somebody that just says it and you're not going to back it up with some action. And Maybe last year you didn't back it up. Maybe the last decade you didn't back it up. But guess what? 2022, this is a whole new you. I maybe didn't do it last year, but watch me do it this year. I maybe only talked about it, but never manifested. But things are about to t I need for those of you that say, I'm about to make some changes in my life to release a praise, right? Maybe I didn't do it before. But that was then and this is now. That was then and this is now. That was then and this is now. You, not your mama, not your pastor, not your cousin, not your sister, not your daddy, not your boss, not your pastor. You got to make some decisions. 
It's easy to let other people make decisions for you because then it obfuscates you from the responsibility of having to deal with the repercussions of the decision. Some people won't make decisions because they're afraid of making the wrong decision, not realizing that God can bless, watch me, a bad decision, but he can do nothing with indecision. He can take a stupid decision and make it work for your good. But watch me. But if you make no decision, watch me, you're stuck. You didn't hear what I just said. See, he can take a bad decision and make it work for your good. He can take a good decision and make it better than you originally made it. But if you do nothing, then he can do nothing because you've decided nothing. So you've decreed nothing. Watch me. Which means he can't establish anything for you. What does that mean? He's going to add support and help. So once you decide and decree, God says, I'm going to send help to what you decided and decreed. See, for some of you, the moment you make the decision, heaven is like, let's go send us some help. The moment you make the decision, let's go send him some support. Then the Bible says, and the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. See, the reason you feel confused and the reason you're not sure what to do is because he doesn't turn on the light until you've made the decision. So, so, so watch me. So it looks dark. Why? And you don't know where to step. You don't know where to go because he's not turning on the light until he hears a decision. And then your decision is followed with the decree. This is why I have you say so much in church. Why? Because it ain't enough to just sit there and shake your head like you a bobblehead. You got to open your mouth and be the speaking spirit that you are. Why? Because when I speak, I call all things that are out of order into order. John 6.63 says the words I speak are spirit and they bring light. Which means when I open up my mouth, I'm telling the spirit world, you better adjust to what I just said. I'm telling every witch, you better back up. Why? You better adjust to what I said. I'm telling every warlock, you better back up and adjust to what I said. You're telling money, you better adjust to what I said. You You're telling your family, you better adjust to what I said. You're telling depression, you better adjust to what I said. Why? Because my decision and my decree become my thermometer. They set the temperature. They set the gauge, which means everything around me better match what I said. And until it matches what I said, that ain't, it ain't over yet. He said, then the light, then the light. In other words, God says, you're going to feel confused, and I'm not turning on the light until you decide and you decree. So for some of you, like, I just don't know what to do. The reason you don't know what to do is because you haven't decided that you're going to win. You haven't decided that you're going to be victorious. You haven't decided that, watch me, I don't know how I'm going to win, but I promise you I ain't walking away with an L. You haven't decided, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I can promise you it's going to make me better. Why? Romans 8.28 says, and we know he makes all things work together for the good of them that love him. And since I love him, he made me a promise. He'll take my good, my bad, my ugly, my good decision, my bad decision, and he'll make them work together for my good. It may not feel good, but somebody shout, but it's working for my good. He says, then the light of God's favor. God says, I don't give you favor. What's favor? Preferential treatment. See, a lot of Christians pray for favor. Lord, give me favor. For what? You don't do nothing. You sit up and talk about stuff. You don't do nothing. You don't make nothing happen. You have come. You have serve. You have pray. You have give. Well, I favor you for what? This is a Wednesday night, so allow me to be very aggressive with you. Why would God give favor? His listen, it, listen. It's offensive to give a sloppy one and a faithful one the same favor. 
Y'all not talking. See, can we be honest? Some of y'all, you've gotten attitudes because you've watched people that did not do what they were supposed to do get the same opportunity as you. And you were like, well, now, wait a minute. What's the benefit of doing through process if everybody gets the same benefit in me? Listen, I'm not a believer in participation trophies. If you didn't win, you don't get nothing. Y'all not going to talk to me tonight. It feels good in here, and I feel extra aggressive tonight. Y'all ain't going to say that. Well, well, watch me. God says, listen, you don't get favor just because you showed up. You get favor because, watch me, God says you have to decide and decree, and then I'll give you favor, and then I'll give you preferential treatment. In other words, you will be the exception to the rule. They won't treat you like they treat everybody else. They won't talk to you the way they treat everybody. And watch me. Here's how you know you got favor, because other people will look at you and say, well, why you get to do that? Well, how come you don't have to do this? You know what? Favor ain't fair. Y'all not going to say nothing to me? Favor ain't fair, but because I've been faithful and because I decided and I decreed, favor belongs to me. I need you to fist bump somebody next to you and say, favor coming, favor coming, favor. I don't like them. Don't talk to them no more the rest of the church. Find somebody else and fist bump and say, favor coming, favor coming, favor coming. Favor coming, favor coming, favor coming, favor coming, favor coming, favor coming, favor coming. You about to check your email, favor coming. You about to check your text, favor coming. You about to check the mail, favor coming. Yes, Listen, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. He says, and the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. In other words, you'll know the way to take you'll know what to do but you won't know that until you've decided and you've decreed first so i pray you have the grace to decide and to decree i pray you have the grace to decide and to decree that has to happen first it has to happen first and once he knows you've really decided because listen you can fool me you can fool your mama now you can certainly fool that first person you fist bump a minute ago. But watch me. But God says you can't fool him. So he knows, watch me, he knows when you're serious and he knows when you're not. He knows when you're playing and he knows when you're for real. Tell the Lord tonight on campus, online, tell him to say, Lord, I will decide. I. One of those decisions I taught you on Sunday that you got to make is to honor what God honors. In 1 Samuel 2.30, now that first fist bump, we're going to give him a second chance in just a moment because we, are, we believe in forgiveness at Harvest. You understand? And we're going to give him another chance in just a moment. I need you to have people around you that when you fist bump them, it's like a bomb goes off. You need people around you, watch me, on campus and online that will be excited about the decrees that you make in your life. And watch me, and if you can't celebrate me when I make a decree about my life, then I just need to find somebody else that will. But what I'm not going to do is beg you to celebrate me. I... So one of the decisions has to be to honor what God honors. And so in 1 Samuel 2.30, we looked at the scripture. It says, this is the Lord speaking. He says, for I will honor those who honor me, but those who despise me will be cursed. And to despise means to treat negligible or worthless. God says, if you treat me negligible or worthless, that will bring a curse. He didn't say he put it on you. He said you will bring that on yourself. Well, what's a curse, Bishop? It's an empowerment to fail. Pay attention. There are many Christians that are cursed but don't know it because they don't even recognize that that area is cursed they've gotten used to living with it like it's a normal dysfunction 
I'll say that again because it was a mouthful. Many Christians are, have areas of their lives that are cursed. They don't even know those areas are cursed. They've gotten used to living with it like it's a normal dysfunction. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. And so consequently, people say, but that's, just, that's something that I struggle with. Mm. That's something I have to deal with. That's something that I have to go through. That's something I got to put up with. And consequently, watch me, you will accept it and you'll never challenge it because you don't recognize that it's a curse. What's a curse? An empowerment to fail, which means it doesn't matter how much you pray, how much you worship, how much you give, how much you serve, that area will be empowered to fail. Check this out. He didn't say every area would be cursed. He said that you would be cursed, which means, watch me, there are certain areas where you can get used to something being a certain way and not even know that that area is not supposed to be that way for you. See, I know it was that way for everybody else in your bloodline, but I thought you were a curse breaker in your bloodline. I thought you were a history maker in your bloodline. I thought you were a line crosser in your bloodline. I'm going to give that first person you fist bump a moment ago. Let's give them another opportunity. Let's fist bump them and say, you are the curse breaker. I think they redeemed themselves right there. He says, for I will honor those who honor me, but those who despise me or treat negligible or worthless will be cursed. There will be an area of their life that is empowered to fail. And can I be honest with you? We make enough mistakes as humans. You don't need an empowerment to fail. We do enough stupid stuff as is. Come on, can we keep it 100 Wednesday? Uh, listen, if you're like me, wave your hand. If you've ever done some stupid things and you look back on your life and you said, what in the world was I Had I known then what I know now, can I be honest with you? The truth is you probably still would have did it because you were so prideful. You were telling everybody how grown you were. You would have did it anyhow. Here's what I love about Jesus. Even when you did that, he still said, but I'm going to cover them with the blood. I even when you made dumb decisions, he covered them up under the blood. I wonder if there's anybody on campus or online that can worship God for three seconds. Why? That he covered you under his blood. You should have died for what you did. You should have lost everything for what you did. You should have died from a disease for what you was doing. You should have lost your car, frog, dog, hog, mom. You should have lost everything, but he covered you under the blood. The Bible, watch me, it's important because the scripture teaches this, that to honor God is to honor what's important to him. And Jesus, I talked to you on Sunday, honored the feast. So one of the decisions we have to make is to honor what's important to God. To honor what's important to God, watch me, is to honor God. You cannot separate the two. You can't say I honor God and disrespect everything that's important to him. Just that's like somebody saying to you, I honor you, and then all of their actions are directly contradictory to honor. You cannot say you honor me, and yet your actions are contrary and contradictory to me. Honoring God means honoring what's important to him. And what did we learn? Jesus honored the feast. Why? The Bible is based on the Hebrew calendar, not the Gregorian calendar that we use January through December. The Bible is based off of the Hebrew calendar. Come on, it's an open book test. It's on the screen. In that Hebrew calendar, there are seven major feasts. At Harvest, we don't honor things like Lent or Ash Wednesday or any of that because that's not Bible. We don't knock those that do. We honor the scripture, and the scripture has seven major feasts. There's more than seven, but there's seven of them that are major. Now, these seven feasts, pay attention, seven is the biblical number of completion. There's another word for completion, shalom. 
It's the Hebrew word for peace, which means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Say it with me. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Now, watch me. You cannot have that and dishonor what's necessary to get that. So these seven major feasts, how many of them? They are referred to as appointed times in the scripture, which means these are times where heaven is going to interrupt your world. Pay attention. You are literally in the spring's feast where God says, I'm about to interrupt your world. Pay attention. Do not resist the interruption. Do not fight so hard to keep it what it was that you missed the interruption that you prayed for. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, these feasts were referred to in the Bible as holy convocations. If you grew up in an old school church, convocation was a conference that you went to and you wore all black and you wore your good church clothes. But, but convocation in scripture, it means a meeting that God sets. Pay attention. Your prayer, praise, and worship sets a meeting with God. But during the feast, God sets a meeting with you. Now, if I were you, I wouldn't miss the meeting. My assignment, watch me, is to make sure that you do not miss the feast another day of your life. Because whether you know it or not, your life has always followed the feast. If you pay attention to the patterns of the feast, you will pay attention that right around during springtime, you ran into some of the same issues. Right around fall, you ran into the, some of the same issues. Why? Because you, you've been living by the Bible's calendar even though you didn't know it. There are three fall feasts, and then there are four spring feasts. This is where it got good on Sunday. And all of the spring feasts represent sudden, fast-forward movement. Pay attention. Uh, uh, let's see if I can get you to do the same thing I had you to do on Sunday. Let's get that person. You gave that first fist bump to a minute ago. Let's give them a third opportunity. Let's make sure they get it right now. If they miss it on the third time, I'm serious. Don't touch them the rest of church. Online, if you got somebody at your house around you, you go back to them. If not, that's all right. You just, you just stretch your hands towards the screen. I just need you to touch them on the shoulder and shout sudden when you touch them. One, two, three. Just like that, out of nowhere. Just like that, out of nowhere. Something happened and he's going to do it. Sudden, fast, forward movement. Say it with me. Sudden, fast, forward movement. One more time. Sudden, fast, forward movement. Now, this is interesting. Pay attention to this last word. On Sunday, y'all got the sudden part. Y'all got the fast part. You got the forward part. Here's the part I need you to focus on tonight. Movement. That means change. And I need you not, watch me, I need you, I did a pop-up today on Facebook, and that thing was so good to me, um, because you can deal with the pain of change, which is temporary, or, or you can deal with the pain of complacency, which lasts forever. You got to pick your pain. Either way, it's going to be some pain. But you got to pick whether or not I'll deal with the pain of change or I'm going to let this stay the same when I know that I know that I know that I know this cannot remain the same way. Somebody shout movement. movement. Which, means, which means literally the, the purpose of the feast are to move you forward. The purpose of the feast are to move you forward. The purpose of the feast are to move you forward, not to stay the same. Here's what a lot of Christians want. You want God to come and visit you and have a meeting, and all you want to do, watch me, is him to comfort you. Yeah. 
All you want to do is tell them about all of your trouble, tell them about all your issues, and you want them to rock you. And, well, y'all not going to say nothing to me tonight. See, for a lot of Christians, they seek God, watch me, as, as, as almost a glorified babysitter. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing? All right, come on, let me show you something. 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 Actually, actually, uh, 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 okay, all right, come on. Come on, come on. Who am I looking for? Come here. That's who I'm looking for. Come here. That's who I'm looking for. Come here, come here, come here. Okay, all right, you, you can go. The, the Lord is going to use you in a minute. Come here. Okay, um, all right, pick her up like a baby. All right, now you a whole teenager. Now, I need to help you, because watch me, because for y'all to y'all, see, what are the feasts? A meeting that God sets with you. For a lot of y'all, this is what you wanted to do. Oh, I know you're going through a lot. Oh, I know so-and-so didn't do you right. Oh, I know this. And watch me, but he's a general. The Bible says he's a man of war. Y'all not saying that. The Bible calls him Jehovah Sabaoth, which is the Lord that fights for me. That means God says, listen, listen, listen. You've already had enough time to be comforted. You've already had enough time to be cuddled. He says, I need to put you down. Watch me, because I'm about to give you some movement. Watch me. I'm going to make it easy for you to make the movement, but I'm not going to make the moves for you, which means I got to put you on your own two feet, and then I got to say, let's move this way. And when I move, you move just like that. And when I go to the left, you go to the left just like that. And when I take it back, you take it back just like that. And when I go to the right, you go to the right just like But he's not going to move you. He's not going to carry you. Look at me. Look at me. Because some of y'all are waiting on him to make the decisions you have to make. You're waiting on him to do for you what you have to do. Yeah, I ain't getting no help tonight. You ready? Sudden, fast forward, movement. That's what the spring feast represents. Say, that's where I'm at. Sudden, fast forward, movement. Thank you all. Now, 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 now pay attention to this. I taught you this um, from Leviticus 23 and 2. This is what the Bible outlines the spring feast. It says, the appointed times, established feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as holy convocation. See, I just explained those things to you. Verse 5, the Lord's Passover. I taught you the Passover is when um, the children of Israel were coming out of 430 years of Egyptian slavery. You know what the Bible says? To the day. In other words, God did not do it, pay attention, until the very last day. I'm trying to help somebody tonight where you like, I thought it'd be done by now. Can I tell you? He has a habit of waiting until the very last day and then saying, how you like me now? Can I get you to encourage somebody next to you and say, you better not give up? Say, so he's saving this until the last minute. Woo! Oh my God, that's going to make me run. You better not throw in the towel. He's waiting until the very last minute. He literally, he literally, you know, in old school church, they used to say, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. And I used to not like that song because I was like, y'all acting like he's late. <laughs> to be honest, I still low-key don't like that song because it's like, like he's late. He ain't late. Watch me. He's just not on your timetable. 
The Bible says that there was a promise made that they would be in Egyptian bondage for 430 years. And the Bible says they came out 430 years to the very day. He did not let it go until midnight of the next day. And for everybody in here worried about a deadline, look at me. He's not going to fail. Oh. For those of you, you got some deadlines ahead of you. I just need you to lift your hands on campus and online and worship. Why? He's not going to fail. He might not come until the last minute, but he's going to make sure that he's right on time. He's going to be right on time. He's going to be right on time. Speak it over your life. He's going to be right. You're going to find the right house right on time. You're going to get the right car right on time. You're going to get the right contract right. We're going to get the right buildings right on time. I'll go by myself then. I got some praises in here. I need you to put a praise in the atmosphere that he's going to do it right on time. He's not going to be late. He's not going to fail you. Your faith is not about to fail you. He's going to be right on time. No, you ain't get the email yet. It's going to be right on time. No, the client hasn't returned the paperwork yet. It's going to be right on time. No, you ain't got the doctor's report back yet. It's going to be right on time. That shouts me. Bible says to the day which means pay attention for those that knew the prophecy that whole last year y'all better listen to me now that whole last year they were waiting they were waiting and they were like okay it's, it's getting ready to happen and for 364 days it's getting ready to happen I'm so glad you didn't let the enemy punk you I'm so glad you didn't let doubt punk you. I'm so glad you didn't let fear take you out of here. You maybe wobbled a few times, but you got back up. For 364 days, they were like, guys, if he's not done it yet, he's probably not going to do it. And on that very last day, I'm going to throw the mic and hit everybody over here. Look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. This is, oh my God, I got to take these fake glasses off. By fake, I mean there ain't no prescription. <laughs> they sharp though, ain't they? These glasses are sharp. Ain't no prescription though. Somebody asked me earlier, those prescriptions? I said, yes, for me. It's called clear. Listen. The Bible says that when Pharaoh sent them out, if you, listen, I'm so serious, Denver. I am so serious. Tell her to come in here because I need her shout in here. I'm so serious. I can hear her all the way from the vestibule. I pray your praise be like that, 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 that somebody hears you from another room and somebody calls you into the room. Somebody summons you into the room. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Hallelujah. Watch me. Watch me. Look at me. Look at me. The Bible says... To the very day, 430 years. If I look at me, if I look at me, for 364 days, nothing. Look at me, look at me. And they go all the way to the evening time on day 365. Because the Bible says when Pharaoh sends them out, 
he sends them out when it's dark and which means God didn't even do it during the day on the last day God waited until you had your nightgown on he waited until you had your hair in rollers he waited until you had on your PJs he waited until you said I guess it just ain't gonna happen for me and at the very last minute Pharaoh said go I came to tell somebody you're about to get your go it's about to turn around for you is there anybody were you glad about it somebody say I'm glad about it at the very last minute is when he came through he waited until it was nighttime. at the end of the day all the government workers are gone can I just teach this for a moment? I need to teach this for a moment. Think about this. Pharaoh, this is a government. He's a king. He's got officers. He's got generals. The Bible says he summons Moses and Aaron at night. <laughs> All the staff gone home. Only people there are the servants to serve Pharaoh. And the Bible says that he tells Moses, he says, listen, go do exactly what you requested to do. He said, you and all this company of Israel, he said, take your stuff, get your stuff, get your stuff, and get out. And the Bible says they didn't just take their stuff. The Bible says they took the Egyptian stuff too. And the Bible makes it clear it was nighttime, which means at the very last minute, God showed up. You don't know what the person next to you was going through. But I need you to stir their faith up tonight. Online, you don't know what the person next to you is dealing with. But I need you to stir their faith up tonight. Just touch them on the shoulder and say, at the very last minute, watch him work. Worship God right there. You better shout Facebook. You better shout YouTube. At the very last For all the planners in the room, I know this is difficult because you're like, what's the plan, God? How are we going to do it? How are we going to make it happen? He says, I'm not doing nothing until the very last minute. Somebody in this building tonight, you better hear me. Somebody online tonight, I hear the Lord loud and clear. He said, he knows you worried. He says, but what you do tonight on campus or online is going to let him know whether or not he should still keep the appointment. You can sit there and look at me like that if you want to. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3, 19, that the Lord was with the man of God and let none of his words fall to the ground. What you do in the next 30 seconds determines whether or not God is going to keep the last minute appointment. What you do right now. Come on, get up out of your seat, Facebook. Get up out of your seat, YouTube. You got 15 seconds left. If I were you, I'd press right there. If I were you, I'd press right there. If I were you, I'd press right there. Hey, if I were you, I'd press right there. 
glory, 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 glory. He waited to the last minute. He waited to the last minute. Can I tell you why your worship is important? Lift your hands. Lift your hands in this building and online. Because during the 10 plagues, during the 10 plagues, the Bible says, the Bible says that they asked Pharaoh to let them go and worship in the wilderness. Which means, watch me, it wasn't a complete release. It was a partial release. And God says, if you don't worship me in the middle of it, I'm not showing up at the end of it. Y'all, we're about to move on, but I just need us to maximize this moment right here. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on the app. Come on the website. Come on, if you're listening on the podcast, just take a moment. We're about to move on. We're about to be done in a few minutes. But they worshipped him in the wilderness. 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 They worshipped God and they worshipped him in the wilderness. I wasn't in my promise, but I worshipped. I was in a tent, but I worshipped. This was a tabernacle, not the temple, but I worshipped. But I worship. Hallelujah. 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 And now I need to cancel your doubt. And men shall clap their hands and hiss the enemy out of his place. When you clap, I pray we kill the spirit of doubt. When you clap, I pray we kill the spirit of fear. When you clap, I pray we annihilate the spirit of intimidation. When you clap, we push back every witch, every warlock, every Jezebel, every liar, every... When you clap, you... Hallelujah! Come on, TikTok. Tell somebody on the soda, say sudden. Fast forward. Movement. Sudden. Fast forward. Movement. One more person, say sudden. Fast forward. Movement. Can I help you? Can I help you? Look at me, 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 let me help you. Had he come sooner, they wouldn't have had an opportunity to request the silver and the gold and the clothing from the Egyptians. So he waited to the last minute to make sure they got everything out of it. 
God says, you're not going to leave anything behind. You're going to milk it to the very last. I need to move on. But I, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. And I, look at me, look at me, look at me. You can say, Bishop, I'm not a dancer. That's okay, just move your shoulders. Move your little knees. Move your shoulders back. Do a fist bump, do something. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, look at me, to dance like it's the end of 430 years on the last night at 11.59. In the next 60 seconds, that's when he told him to go. I'm about to give you 30. You get half of that to put a praise in the atmosphere. Praise him like it's happening for you right now. You ready? I said, are you ready? One, two, three. That's the best you got Wednesday? That's the best you got Wednesday? Be seated. <laughs> Let me push this. Let me push this. Say push it, Bishop. Uh-uh, talk to me like an army. Please say push it, Bishop. It was at 11.59 when their name got brought up. It was at 11.59 when Pharaoh says, bring me Moses and Aaron. Say your first and last name. Your name's about to be brought up with people that have the power to favor you. Say your first and last name, please. Somebody say Bishop Kevin Foreman. Say my name. Somebody say Harvest Church. Our name's about to be brought up. Our name's about to be brought up with somebody that's got the power to open doors. Somebody that's got the power to give keys. Woo! God, dog. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Be seated, please. Be seated, please. Woo. I'm so glad you didn't quit. I'm so glad you didn't stop. I'm so glad you didn't let people talk you out of it. I'm so glad you didn't let the devil mess with your mind. We gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. First feast, wow, it's Passover. <laughs> Say Passover. That's Passover. His second feast, <laughs> feast of unleavened bread. I'm going to try to finish. 
Because on Sunday, I got to start a new series. On Sunday, the Feast of Unleavened, or excuse me, the next feast, the second feast, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Bible says after the Passover for seven days, you shall eat unleavened bread. What does this mean? Remove the leaven or the error, which means you're going to have to self-reflect and self-correct. You got to look at yourself in the mirror. You're going to have to see your imperfections. You're going to have to see your issues. You're going to have to see your attitude. You're going to have to see stuff that you wish you could change and do have the power to change it. You're going to have to change. For seven days, the Bible says self-reflect and self-correct. If you'll do it, he won't have to do it. If you'll get yourself together, he won't have to get you together. Say, Lord, help me to self-reflect and self-correct. Look at me. It ain't them, it's you. It's not your enemy, it's you. It's the way you let them rub you the wrong way. It's you. It's you. It's not your family. You know they're crazy. It's the fact that you're still trying to get their approval. It's you. It's you. So, so watch me. Watch me. The Feast of Unleavened Bread during the Passover, it says you should remove leaven and error. You will self-reflect and self-correct. Over these next few weeks, I need you to be prepared when God shows you stuff about you. And don't do like Adam and point the finger at somebody else. When you feel tempted to point at somebody else, say, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. I'm having, watch me. Because literally, you know why you feel those things? Because the feasts are what? A meeting with God. So when God brings up something to you during the feast that you see about yourself, if you point and blame somebody else, it's like sitting in God's presence and him bringing up something to you. And you say, well, God, bring somebody else in the room. This ain't a meeting with them. This is a meeting between you and him. So you turn the finger from pointing at somebody else and you turn the finger to yourself. Then the next feast, look at the screen. Next feast, verse 8, it says, and you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. <laughs> look, don't let your fire fall. Huh? Don't let your fire go out. What's me? You shall present an offering made by fire fire which means this is supposed to be a sacrifice that you sow during the feast say lord show me what to sacrifice could it be he wants the biggest sacrifice because he has the biggest harvest in mind see let me speak to some of you all who you treat things like sacrificing you treat things like sowing you treat it common and you're like well i ain't doing all of that first of all let me help you you ain't doing nobody a favor that's number one Number two, that attitude explains why there's limits he's put on you. See, when you, watch me, when you have limits to what you'll sacrifice, he puts limits to what he'll give. So watch me, you're like an American Express car, but you got a limit. You, you got that blue cash card. You can only get, spend 2500 on that, you understand? God says, God says, during the feast, you need to self-reflect and self-correct. He says, but then I need you to sow sacrificially during the feast. Say, Lord, show me what to sacrifice. That's why all throughout, from now and through, through the end of April, you can sow because we'll be in the feast during that time. You sow whatever that is. And that's going to be different for every person. But watch me. I would encourage you not to miss the meeting. That's like showing up to a meeting. Could you imagine if you close on a house and, and you close on a house and they show up and say, well, we ain't got the keys. What you mean you ain't got the keys? Well, we ain't got, we, we, well, then, well, if you ain't got the keys, I ain't got the cheese. 
It's gonna be on my next album, you understand? Watch me, watch me. God says, so sacrificially during this time. And whatever that is, say, Lord, make it clear what I'm to sow. Look at, look, look at me. And how do you know it's the Lord? Because when you hear the number, you're going to think twice. For some of you, you're going to see the number. You're going to be like, the devil is alive. <laughs> That's him. The enemy would never tell you to sow. Because he knows that sowing produces harvest. He knows that release produces increase. So you never have to worry about, is this the devil talking to you? Because he's never going to talk to you about sowing. Matter of fact, can I be honest with you? He's not only never going to talk to you about Who is calling me during church? Wait until after church. No, just watch me, watch me, watch me, look at me, look at me. He would never, ever, he would never, ever, the enemy, would never speak to you about sowing. For some of you, this seed is going to be the seed that interrupts your cycles. For some of you, this is going to be the seed that you prayed for debt freedom. You're going to sow and you're going to see debt freedom. Just for those of you that believe he can do it, watch me, and he can do it suddenly. I just need you to worship God for three seconds right there. Go three, two, one. Hallelujah. Look at, look at verse 10. You shall bring the sheaf of the first fruit. So the third of the spring feast is called the Feast of First Fruits. This is literally what, what the world calls Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. It's actually a feast day. It's the Feast of First Fruits. Jesus is the first fruit. The principle of first fruit says that whatever the first is, so are the rest. So this is why we can say things like greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because whatever he is, so are we. This is why Jesus says you will do greater works than what he did. Well, how can you do greater works unless the one that's working greater is on the inside of you? Open your mouth to make this declaration. Say he is my first fruit. So I saw him heal so I could heal. I saw him walk on water. I could I saw him do the impossible, I can do the impossible. You are not some chump change, you are not some mistake, you are not some failure, you are somebody that God says, I want to do something amazing through. And then finally, the Feast of Pentecost. Look, uh, look at verse 16. You shall count 50 days, that's the Feast of Pentecost. That's 50 days after the Passover. Somebody say, we're entering this time. Say, and we are in this time. Come on, talk to me like you're an army. Say, we're entering this time. And we are in this time. Let me remind you what it is. Sudden. Fast forward. Movement. Say it with me again. Say sudden. Fast forward. Movement. Look at Luke 22 and 1. The feast of unleavened bread drew near, the Bible says. Luke 22 and 1. The feast of unleavened bread drew near which is called the Passover. Now, this is Jesus honoring the feast. Pay attention. Verse 3. Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot. When did Satan enter? During the feast. Pay attention. Do not be surprised if people act crazy during the feast. Can I help some of y'all? I'm already on guard. Why? Because I understand that the enemy would love to distract me. And would love to get me off of my square and get me off of my focus. But I need you to look at somebody next to you and say, but I will not be distracted. Then Satan entered Judas called Iscariot. And what did I teach you on Sunday? And Judas' name literally means this. It's a peephole in a door. See, some of you have prayed for an open door. You said, Lord, give me an open door. Lord, I want you to open the door. No, no, no. But Judas is literally the peephole in the door. 
which means Judas is an announcement to you that you're at a door. What's a Judas? Judas was one of Jesus' 12, one of his ruling apostles. The scripture teaches us in Acts chapter 1, that is what the office of a bishop was. They oversaw the others. There were more than 12 apostles. There were 12 ruling apostles. There were over 70 apostles because the Bible says that he sent them two by two city to city they were sent ones so there were more than 12 apostles there were 12 ruling apostles pay attention which means where did the trouble come from from the people sitting around jesus where did the trouble come from from the people that sat at his feet y'all not listening where did the trouble come from see you're so focused on your haters and your enemies that are distant from you i need you to learn how to pay attention to the people sitting up right around you because sometimes watch me it'll be the people that know better that's gonna do wrong Judas, his name literally means a peephole in a door. So when I see a Judas, that means I'm at a door. What is a Judas? It is one, his name, uh, surname is Iscariot. Iscariot means a traitor, which means you, you pretended like you were with me until you could be sold to a higher bidder, which makes you nothing more than a whore. No, I'm not going to say nothing. Because you could be bought with some money. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. I pray you don't have people in your life that for some money they're going to do you wrong. I pray you don't have people in your life that for a position they're going to do you wrong. I pray that you don't have people in your life that to get in somebody else's clique they throw mud on you. I pray that you have some faithful, dedicated people around you. You ready? You ready? So Judas could be bought with money. And look at verse 8. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us. So look at me. Here's what I got to get you today. At Jesus' Passover, during the spring feast, there's Judas. But Jesus, listen carefully, doesn't overthink it. He go to message. We got to go. He doesn't worry about it. Look at me. If you spend so much time focusing on the people, you know what you're going to miss? The door. Y'all aren't talking to me Wednesday. If you spend all your time looking at the people, you're going to not open the door because you steady trying to see what the people doing. And you say, what are they doing? What they at? If you stalking their Instagram, stalking their Facebook, looking at them, trying to figure out who they talking to and looking at them. I don't have time for that. Then I tell you what you need to do? Do what Jesus did in John 13, 27. I'm about to go up again. And then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered him. And Jesus said to him, what you going to do? Go on and do that quickly. Why? Jesus knew I can't change you. You're going to do what you're going to do. You've proven you don't listen to me anyhow. So whatever you're going to do, I'm going to need you to hurry up and get that done. Why? I'm not focusing on the peephole. I'm about to open the door. Open up your mouth saying, do it quickly. Do it quickly. I pray that the people in your life that mean you harm, that whatever they're trying to do, that it would be done quickly. Why? I got places to go. I got things to do. I got a life to live. And my next 12, they're going to be my best 12. Jesus said, Jesus told him, he said, hurry up, please. Don't take all day to do this. Whatever you're going to do, hurry up. I don't have all day to wait on you. Look at me. He didn't overthink it. Can I be honest with you? You know what a lot of us do? 
and my hand goes up first, is that we overthink, which is really this, worry. You're so worried about what they're saying, so worried about what they're doing, so worried about, but let me call this one. Listen, you know what Jesus did? Jesus said, look, you're going to do what you're going to do. So there's no need in me even wasting time trying to tell you to do right because you've proven you're going to do wrong. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Stop wasting time trying to convince people who aren't listening anyhow. I just set somebody free right there. Another meeting ain't going to fix a bad spirit. Another, con- another lunch ain't going to fix a bad spirit. Y'all not saying that to me. There are certain people in your phone you need to just say, you know what? I found out what you are. You are peephole. And God used you to announce I'm at a door. But what you're not going to do is stop me from getting through the door. All right, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. At the Israelites' Passover, pay attention, there's Pharaoh and his army. But God says not to worry. I need you to get this. Look at Exodus 14, 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forth. Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel, this is what got me on Sunday, he moved behind them. Verse 20, coming between the host of Egypt. What does the host mean? The armies of Egypt and the armies of Israel. In other words, God says, I'm going to block them from getting to you. Which means you can see them, but they can't touch you. Y'all not saying nothing right there. You can see everything your enemy's doing, but your enemy can't touch you. They can type it, but they can't touch you. They can say it, but they can't touch you. They can email it, but they can. I wish you get an MC Hammer spirit and just act like you were going on the stage and say, you can't touch this. You can't, you can't touch this. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody, everybody look at me. 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 Look at me online. He said, he said, they can see you and you can see them. But they can't touch you. That's why all they can do is talk about you. Because they cannot touch you. Because if they were really big and bad and bold like they were pretending to be. Come on, you ready? On three, I need this whole section over here to say you can't touch this. One, two, three. On three, I need this whole right section to say you can't touch this. Go. On three, I need this whole middle section to say you can't touch this. Go. On three, I need everybody on campus, on online. Y'all type it, y'all say it. They say you can't touch this. One, two, three. You're unstoppable. You're untouchable. You're unbreakable. We got to go. We got to go. Got to go. So today's message (laughs) is called Stop Overthinking It. (laughs) I knew at some point I'd get to it. Because watch me, during the feast, Jesus doesn't overthink it. He doesn't worry about it. He tells Judas, I just want you to imagine, for three and a half years, he's poured into Judas. He's been there for Judas. He's employed Judas. He's done all this stuff for Judas. For all that, for three and a half years, nobody else will give Judas a shot. He gave Judas a shot. Everybody else threw Judas away. Jesus gave Judas a shot. And, and, and you know what he does? Jesus is literally like, just go. You know what? Sometimes you overvalue what you have. 
and underestimate what you could achieve if you'd stop overthinking it. Because you know what Jesus was thinking? Judas, the quicker you get up out to sea, then I can get me a Matthias who's going to replace you and put, you, put him in the sea. See, some of you are so worried about vacancies that you don't even care about the fact that you really have a vampire in the sea. Why? They suck the life out of you. I'm not talking. I got to move on. What is worry? Here we got, we got to go. <laughs> worry is a state of anxiety or uncertainty over actual or potential problems. Some of what you worry about is real. Some of what you worry about is potential. It might happen. It could happen. What if? And the danger with what if is what if turns into worry and worry makes you overthink it. So now you're preparing for things that are never going to happen. See, can I tell you how some of you overthink it? It's because you will literally uh, go to Miami um, for a trip and you say, well, just in case it snows. I want to talk to some of you overpackers. She said that, baby. Um, I want to... <laughs> Listen, 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 listen. You, 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 you literally overpack. Well, just in case this happened, I brought this. Just in case I go to the pool. You haven't been in the pool since 89, and you still taking bathing suits. Like, you, just in case I get off in the pool. I like to put my feet in the water. Baby, you ain't put your feet in the water since Reagan was in office. Listen. You ready? Ask me. Some of you, watch me, we overthink things. I'm going to help some of y'all. Yeah. You read into an email what was not said. And so now you got a whole emotion. You read in the text stuff that was not said. You ever had somebody say, well, what was that about? And you're like, what are you talking about? I mean, your email. The emails, what are you talking about? Oh, yes, quiet. Oh, did they get quiet on me again. Look here. I know I'm in the Kool-Aid. What's the flavor? Rip. You read it. I'm preaching right now. Some of y'all trying to read into it. Did somebody tell him something? I got the Holy Ghost. If you don't know by now, you just never going to know. And my Holy Ghost is accurate. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're reading the stuff that was not said. You'll be on the phone and hear stuff that nobody said. Because you're worried about potential problems. Look at the screen. He says, it's a state of anxiety or uncertainty over actual or potential problems. Number two, to agonize. Oh, my God. Overthink. See, worry and overthinking is the same thing. To panic. Look at me. To lose sleep. To get worked up. Woo-wee. We all the way on your road right now. Because let somebody mess with you. You go from super save to hood in about 2.3 seconds. Y'all not saying nothing to me right now. You go from shalom, praise the Lord, to beep, 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 beep. And that ain't no horn you peeping. Come on. Let's be honest. How many of us have done that? Okay, let's tell the truth. How many of you have done it in the last seven days? Be honest. You get worked up. 
I mean, you get what? Then watch me. You get so worked up, you leave your little computer desk. And now you're walking around. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Hold up. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. No, see, because see, I'm not, mm-mm. You ain't finna do this. This is exactly what I'm talking about. See, Bishop was just preaching about the mm-mm. I can't stand that. So sick and tired of it. And then you start saying all this crazy stuff because you got worked up. Look at this. You get stressed. Look at me. Everybody, I'm just so stressed. Look at me. You did that. Look, look at me. Nobody did that to you. You did it to you. Because your overthinking makes you stressed. And this was crazy. As if you being stressed out is going to fix it. Some of y'all will get stressed out. I just don't know what I'm going to do with these kids. So let me get this straight. You walking back and forth in the house and not eating is going to get the kids together? I'm going to know what I'm going to do with these people. So you being stressed out is going to fix the people? Y'all not saying nothing to me. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I rebuke stress. Come on. Come on, y'all. We got to go. I'm out of time. Open your mouth and say it again. Say, I rebuke stress. Look at these last two. To stew. Ooh, feels good right through here. Say, to stew. In other words, you like a pot. Um, people, when they were trying to get me to cook, they say, Bishop, take this crock pot. And just put it on low. And put you some meat in there. And some I said, look, I don't want to cook. I don't like cooking. I'm not going to use the crock pot. I'm not going to use the cookbook that comes with the crock pot. <laughs> it's, it's a nice looking crock pot. Now I'm going to put it on the counter because it matches. But I'm not cooking. I don't want to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. You need somebody to cook for you. I, to be honest, I prefer to go out to eat. I ain't got to clean nothing up. I could just get my water brought out to me, you understand? You live your life, let me live my life. Okay? My life, my life, my life. You ready? Now, now here you go. Now here you go. Now here you go. Now, now, this is it. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. They said, put some meat in there, put some vessels in there, and you just stew it, and then when you get home, you just have a good meal. <laughs> I said, that sounds horrible to me. <laughs> like, first of all, I ain't going to be to the house to about 10, number one, or 11, and I ain't eating at no 10 or 11. You got it? So, you know, now, now, now here's the deal. Now here's the deal. Pay attention. When you stew, it happened yesterday. Ooh, but it's stewing today. And so now, watch me. You see somebody and your stew come out. It happened last month, but you've been stewing. You've been sitting on it like. You are like a rump roast. With vegetables. You didn't made your own gravy. And you just stewing. And you know why it's so easy for you to get emotional? Because when you let meat stew, it's easy to pull it apart. And some of y'all are easy to fall apart because you've been stewing. Tell somebody on the shoulder, say, stop stewing. To torment yourself. To torment yourself. 
To overthink is to torment yourself. Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? And can I be honest? How many of you, you're planners? You like to have a plan. You're like, I get it. I get it. Can I be honest? This is something you really have to watch out for. Because when you're like this, I have learned to just say to the Lord, sir, I present my plans unto thee. <laughs> no, do what, no, you, you, God, have thine own way. <laughs> I, tell him, I tell him, yes, Lord. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, tell him yes, tell him yes. You ready? But look at this last one. This one was the, this one was the most interesting to me. We're done. It means, it means to strangle. When you overthink, which is worry, here's what you do. You strangle yourself. This is literally what you do. This is definition. You literally take your hands to your own neck. And while you're trying to figure it out, you choke yourself out. This is why some of y'all be tired. Watch me. Not physically, but emotionally. But mentally. Because your overthinking chokes you out. And then you'll be, watch me. You'll spend hours thinking. And then say, I got to go lay down. You're going to sleep at 7.15. Look, I got one witness right there. You in the bed at 8 o'clock. People call you trying to have a full conversation and you wrapped up in the bed. Look at this. To strangle and seize by the throat, you choke yourself out. So what happens? If you choke yourself out, just think about it naturally. Oxygen can't get to the brain, which means you can't think right. You can't think right. You can't decide right. But eventually, through asphyxiation, you'll die. It's the same point with overthinking. You will literally strangle yourself out. How many of us can be honest that we've done that? You literally, and then at the end of it, all you got to do, watch me, look at me. You wake up, and what you were overthinking is still right there. Look at this last one, to tear. Ooh, this is good, because you'll tear yourself up. Yeah, I like that, and others too. You're trying to preach it, ain't it? <laughs> no, listen, I love it. You, no, that's good. You'll tear yourself up and other people up because you overthink. How many people, based on these three definitions, you just found out that you, by technical definition, have been worrying and overthinking, have been worrying and overthinking. Make this declaration and say, but that's about to be over. Come on, Wednesday. Come on, 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 come on. Come on. Say, but that's about to be over. Say, I rebuke worry. I rebuke anxiety. I rebuke uncertainty. I rebuke agonizing. I rebuke overthinking. I rebuke panic. I'm not gonna lose no sleep. I'm not gonna get worked up. I'm not gonna get stressed. I'm not gonna stew. I won't torment myself. I won't strangle myself. I won't tear up myself. How? One scripture is how. Philippians 4, 6. When I was preparing for this message, I said, wow, I really thought I wasn't a worrier. And then I looked at this and said, well, praise him. I still got a pulse. He still got a player. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious. Remember, anxious is one of the definitions of worry. Do not be what? About what? anything. Don't worry about 
anything. Don't worry about Can you just look at somebody next to you and say, anything. Come on, get real deep with them. Say, anything in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, means anything. Look at somebody else. Say, anything in the Greek language of our New Testament means, watch this. Say it like your bishop. Say, watch me. Anything. You can preach now. Look at me. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about your kids. Don't worry about your money. Don't worry about your, uh, your, your, your car. Don't worry about your home. Don't worry about your boss. Don't worry, don't worry about anything. He says, about anything. But he likes big butts. And he cannot lie. Them other preachers tried it and not. This is a big butt. Say, this is a big butt. Because he literally says, don't worry about anything. And, and, and he's telling you that knowing that that's not easy all the time. He says, but, shout it like it's a big one. But in everything, stop. He says, in everything I find myself in, and everything I normally worry about, and everything I normally be concerned about, and everything I normally overthink, and everything that I normally stew in, and everything that I normally choke myself out, and everything that I, and he says, in everything, here's what he says you do. He says, you need to pray. See, the reason you are overthinking it is because you still have it. What prayer does is prayer says, God, I will do everything I can do, but here. Everything I can't do, I'm going to need you to get that up off of me. I give it to you. Can I be honest with you? Here's what most of us do. Is we, is we worry about everything. We pray about nothing. But tonight. Look at the scripture. But in everything by prayer and supplication. What is supplication? So prayer is for you. Supplication means pray for another Christian. So here's why you're so worried about your issues. It's because you haven't heard somebody else's. Because if you knew about somebody else's issues, you'd be like, whoa. Well, I'm sitting here complaining. You got a whole lot you're dealing with. You ever listen to somebody else's issues and then have to go ask the Lord to forgive you for being mad about your issues because you were like, I ain't dealing with nothing like that. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, which means pray for yourself, then go pray for somebody else, and I'm going to need you to be thankful when you're praying, which means instead of overthinking it, I need you to think about everything I've already done. Well, you woke me up this morning, started to be on my way, made sure I had everything that I needed. You made sure that my enemies would be my footstool. You made sure you prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You made sure that you weren't before me, you weren't behind me. You made sure you gave me favor. You made sure that I had food. You made sure that I had money to take care of my obligations. You made sure that you protected my name. You... Are there any thankful people in this building? Y'all, we're about to go home. I'm over time. But if you're thankful, can I just get you to have a thank you praise right there? Put a thank. I'm thankful. 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 Woo! Come on, say, I'm thankful. I'm really thankful. 
He's been really good to me. He says, with Thanksgiving, we're going home. Let your requests be made known to God. Look at me. While you're overthinking it, you never made a request. You're overthinking it, and you never asked God. So there was something that was, that, that was taking a long time to get done. And, and so I was like, you know, so for a while, you know, I was just, I prayed a particular prayer. And, and then one day I was like, okay, that prayer is not getting me what I want. So I said, I'm going to change this prayer. So instead I said, Lord, give me a strategy and give me somebody that's in there that can give me what I want. So then the next day I have a conversation. Somebody says, you need to talk to this person. I said, I need to talk to that person. I said, bet. They said, you need to send this email to this person. And then you need to call this person. I said, email done, call will be made. I call and talk to that person. I'm thinking, I'm already preparing for a fight. Why? Because I was overthinking it. So I'm, I, I'm already ready like, let's go! I dialed a number. Somebody picks up the phone. I said, I wasn't expecting them to answer the phone because of, the, because of what I was calling. I wasn't expecting the phone to be answered. I was like, y'all don't do business normally that good, didn't do it right. So I, was, I wasn't expecting, you know, I was expecting to get transferred to four or five people. I call, man answers the phone. I said, I need to talk to this particular level person. The man says, I'm that level person. I said, oh, uh, well, this is Bishop Foreman. And I need da-da-da-da-da-da. He said, let me have this information, da-da-da-da-da. He said, okay, okay, all right. Ask me a couple questions, okay. He said, all right. He said, yeah, I'm going to go take this into the office that needs to get this done, so we'll get this done for you. Two days later, what had been an eight-month wait. I'll come over here. Two days later, what had been an eight-month wait, all of a sudden I got the email saying, everything's good. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. Why? I didn't make my request made known to God the way I needed to make it known to God. I was overthinking it, and what I really needed to do was stop overthinking it and let my request be made known. Open your mouth, say, Lord, I'm making some requests tonight. Right where you're at, we're about to do it. Here's the first thing I'm going to do. Let's follow, the, let's follow the pattern. Say, with prayer. Whatever you got going on right now, you've been overthinking, I need you to pray about it right now on campus and online. Come on, y'all. We're out of time. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Wherever you're at, on campus or online, I need you to pray about it. Whatever you've been overthinking, I need you to pray about it. And let your requests be made known to God. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Be specific. Be specific. Be specific. If you need an answer from a request you made, be specific. Whatever it is, be specific. Come on, I'm gonna give you 10 more seconds on campus and online. We're about to go. I just gotta make sure we end this series right. Hallelujah. 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 With prayer and supplication. So now I need you to, on, in this building, I just need you to find somebody to pray with. You don't have to grab their hands. If you don't feel comfortable, you can touch them on the shoulder. You can elbow them. Whatever you feel comfortable doing. 
but I need you to find somebody in this building to pray with. Online, if there's somebody in your home, somebody in the area you are, get them. If not, do it in the chat. Do it in the chat right there. You don't have to know the person. Don't even worry about the person. Just drop an initial. I need you to get somebody. Elbow them, whatever you feel comfortable doing. I need everybody to get with somebody. We have to obey the scripture. This is with supplication. Just, just, all right, just, just, that's fine. Just go with supplication. Right? And now here's what you're going to do. You're going to pray for their requests. TikTok, we're praying for your requests. You can hear them in the background with the phone. They're praying for your requests. Facebook, I pray for your requests. YouTube, I cover your requests. On the app, on the website, I pray for your requests. Hallelujah. 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 Come on and declare this over him. Say, and you shall be victorious. Come on. Sudden. Come on. Speak it over him. Say, sudden. Fast. Forward. Movement. Pray what I'm praying. Don't do something else I'm not doing. Sudden. Fast. Forward. Movement. One more time, this is what you're going to pray for. I'm say, I speak it into your future. Hey, 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 pray what I'm praying. Pray what I'm praying. Say, I speak it into your future. Sudden, fast, forward, movement. Now, what's the last thing? With thanksgiving. Go. 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 I know we praise God a lot tonight. Why are some of y'all sitting down? It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Why are you sitting down at your house? It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Why are you sitting down? I know you're on your job. Just hop up for a second. Just hop up for a second. Come on. Let them see how thankful you are tonight. Let them see how thankful you are tonight. Let them see how thankful you are tonight. And I'm glad. Hallelujah. We got to go. We got to go. If you're on campus or online, you can be seated. You can stand. Whatever you want to do, you can roll on the floor. Um, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord for the first time, but you've not been faithful, tonight's your night. Thirdly, if you're like Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure tonight's your night. He loves you with an unconditional love. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure on three. In the building, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on campus or online. Or excuse me, online. I'm going to ask that you do the hand with me emoji. Just say it to me. One, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Two, three. If that's you, hand up in this building. If you're online, do that hand with me emoji. Just say it to me. Everybody, pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to run this race. I love you.
in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, take your phone out. Text that word decision to 877-552-4746. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. company gets scam phishing emails trying to get money or sensitive info. I wanted to protect my employees and my clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. First, teach employees to recognize and report phishing. Next, require strong passwords plus multi-factor authentication. And finally, turn on automatic updates for your business software. To learn more, go to CISA at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world.